Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, well, good afternoon to the Gospel for Life. We are so glad that you are tuning in today. And we are continuing to answer questions that we have been sent in um, by some of our listeners. We've just been kind of tracking through that. What have we covered so far? We've covered the... Let's see, we've covered uh, the Apostles' Creed with some of the recordings, right? And then we covered the Lord's Prayer, right? So um, today we're going to deal with um, the Lord's Supper, and then we're just going to kind of systematically work through some of these. So brothers, here's the question today. In light of, of what the confessions say about the Lord's Supper, although no f- mention of frequency, how often should a congregation come to the Lord's table? Weekly, monthly, yearly, other I think you you have um, disagreement on this um, exactly for the reason you've already mentioned, that there is not anything stipulated in God's Word about the frequency of communion. Um, So what you try to do is is try to develop biblical guidelines to, to help with that. So the instruction, why, and maybe this is most helpful, is why do we do, what do we, what's being communicated, why do we do the Lord's Supper? Why is communion taken? And so part of it is to uh, is a call to remembrance. Um, do this in remembrance of me. And part of it is uh, to put the gospel on display in a tangible way for, for those that are gathered for worship, that you can see just as surely as you, you see the, the bread and the, and the wine, so surely has Jesus Christ's body and blood been broken and, and poured out for, for those that are his people. But you also do it as a, as a foretaste for heaven, you, as a longing for the, the marriage supper of the Lamb, the great feast um, that we will forever commune with God. And so then at, in wisdom, then you have to decide how frequently is that um, needed in the congregation in which you're in to accomplish those purposes. And so I, I think there's disagreement on how to apply the frequency based upon your own individual congregation and own individual needs. How often do you guys do it at Cloverdale? We do it about seven, eight times a year. So every seven weeks, roughly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and in our congregation, uh, Christ Presbyterian Church, uh, we have the Lord's Supper once a month. It's always the first Sunday of the month. And um, you copied us. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, there's, I think there's there's probably a lot of churches that do that, and mm-hmm. obviously there's some traditions and congregations that have the Lord's Supper every Sunday. Uh, I, I grew up in a Presbyterian tradition where it was quarterly, four mm-hmm. t- four times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly, you know. It, it was mentioned a minute ago that uh, Russ mentioned a minute ago that uh, the Bible doesn't give us uh, any 
you know, instruction about this is how often it's to be celebrated. So there's no, there's no law about this. We exercise wisdom. But virtually all historians of the church will tell you that the early church uh, had the Lord's Supper weekly. That's true. That, that every Lord's Day gathering, um, every, every Sunday gathering, they celebrated the Lord's Supper. So that was the practice of the early church. But the practice of the early church, while it may be instructive to us, is not binding on us. So yeah, I, I, I just want to agree with Russ. It's a matter of wisdom and discerning what's, what's best for your, for your congregation um, and remembering that, uh, well, in, in the Reformed tradition, we recognize two sacraments, uh, the Lord's Supper and baptism. Why? Because they were given to us by the Lord. Uh, you know, Jesus, when he, when he broke the bread and when he poured the cup, he said, do this. Mm-hmm. Do this remembering me. And so we do. <laughs> uh, that, that's a commandment from the Lord. We do it in remembrance of him. Uh, remembering his death on the cross, his resurrection victory, remembering his presence with us in the supper. And we can perhaps talk more about that. Uh, you know, what does it mean that, that the Lord is uniquely present in, in the supper? And there's, there, there's different theories about that, but we can, we can talk about that. How does it bless God's people? How does it feed God's people? Mm. Um, and then, of course, we, we do baptism because the, the other sacrament, uh, because Jesus said, go and uh, make disciples, make disciples, baptizing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that other voice you hear is our good friend Jonathan. Jonathan, you are back yay, in the yay. studio. Yay, today. I'm sorry, I should have said the beginning of the the program today, but we're so thankful that you're here today. And your your um, your cancer therapy is going well. Yeah, going through radiation and chemo every day. So, um, but I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back with uh, you gentlemen, and I'm I'm glad for the prayers of God's people. Yeah, so thankful to be here. Uh, we do when we're talking about the Lord's Supper. You know, it is about there is a there's a key word there. You know, even though we may celebrate it once in a month, uh, you know, as often as you do this, it's not as infrequently as you do this, and so there is a there's a, a call to this in a, on a regular, uh, consistent basis. And, uh, you know, you mentioned that the early church, uh, you know, the Didache would tell you that this was practiced once a week. We practice it once a month. I would be open to doing it every week. There's certain advantages uh, to doing that. One, uh, it keeps the gospel fresh in your mind. You know, one is you know it is it is the word and sacrament it is the gospel that you proclaim and it is this and and the signs and seals of the lord's supper confirm the very good news that you've been talking about and so there's a there's a a nice marriage between those two things you um i think uh I've heard Sinclair Ferguson refer to it this way. He's quoting a man by the name of Robert Bruce, not Robert the Bruce from <laughs> from Braveheart, but Robert Bruce. He says, you, you, it's not that you get uh, um, a better Christ in the Lord's Supper, but you may get Christ, Christ better. better for yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, so uh, you know, not, your your senses are activated to what God has done for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's 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 telling that when Jesus gave us something to remember Him, mm-hmm. you know, He didn't say recite this or yeah. sing this or and all all of that is wonderful parts of our worship to to hear Scripture to speak Scripture to um, to to sing God's praise, uh, but when Jesus gave us something to remember Him, He gave us 
something we could taste yeah. and, and, and see. We could see with our eyes. and You can smell the bread. You, can, yeah. mm-hmm. you, you, you taste the wine or the juice or whatever it is. In my church, it's Wel- Welch's grape juice. But, you know, you, you taste that you bread. Heretic. You, yes. <laughs> you heretic. Yes. You taste that bread. You, you, you taste that, that, that cup. And uh, it's, it hits it's, all your senses. It's, it hits all your senses and experience, and you can, and you consume it. It comes into you. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> now, one of the things that we need, we in the Reformed tradition, we would we would say that Christ is present there, spiritually present. His his body is in heaven. Uh, you know, he, the elements don't uh, magically, uh, you know, through some hocus pocus, become the the body and blood of of Christ, but. Um, you know, he's present with us. We uh, we recognize his spiritual presence with us. So it's not so much our remembrance is not so much. Uh, I, I heard Walter Kaiser once say it this way: It's not squint your eyes and th- see three crosses. Uh, you, you know, you're not just trying to picture uh, Calvary. What you are doing is recognizing the presence of God with you. Uh, the union of Christ that you have with him, we, we have union and communion with him, um, we have a fellowship in his sufferings, mm-hmm. we, all these things are things that we're recognizing. He has um, fully paid for all my sins. Yeah, well that's the thing that sacraments are aimed at. They're not aimed at, it's not as if God is commanding us to remember him for his sake. Mm-hmm. The sacraments are for our sake in in the sense that God wants us to have a greater and greater assurance of what he accomplished for us in the gospel. I'm not minimizing the fact that God is is glorified in the sacraments, of course he is, Mm -hmm. but he gave us these, so as we're hearing that Christ bled for you, we hold the the wine in our hands and we drink it. So we, our our taste buds coalesce with our earbuds at the same time, mm-hmm. and we hear and taste our redemption. And the same thing with baptism. You see the water being poured over uh, the recipient, and even if you're a, a spectator of that, you, you remember that Christ washed away our sins at the same yeah. time as you're seeing the water being poured over that person. Mm-hmm. So it's the, the gospel dramatized. regeneration, yes. But I think we need to understand in this, this question of frequency, um, it's not simply a... Uh, well, we might disagree. There are churches, and, and this is definitely so in reform circles, that believe that there is a biblical mandate for weekly communion and right. will say such and will condemn those that don't. Um, this is a strong position. I'm, I'm just quoting one here. It says, um, my pastor says that you're wrong in saying that a weekly observance of the Lord's Supper in the local church worship is not really what the Bible teaches. And the answer to that was, I'm sorry to say that your pastor is simply reading the Bible outside of its actual historical context. I personally are, then he goes on and he says, I only know of, of ill-informed pastors or scholars who are non-experts in this field who argue that the original apostolic church didn't observe the Lord's Supper weekly. So basically everybody around this, this table that are speaking in the mics right now have been classified as ill-informed pastors. Mm-hmm that out of ignorance, we don't practice weekly communion. And that, I, I have to say, is, is a little bit, um, I, I, I run enough in Reformed circles that I have, I have felt the uh, condescension of those that pre- or practice weekly communion um, as we do not, and they look down upon us as if we're a lesser church because we don't hold to that, mm-hmm. to that practice which in essence flies in the very face of what communion is about. 
It, communion is about our union with Christ, and by extension, our union with our brothers and sisters in, in Christ. So by that spirit of, of condescension, it actually creates the opposite effect that, that communion is supposed to have, which is the unity that we have with Christ and his people. Right. Yeah, I, I would I would add to that also, I, and I think this is an important aspect of biblical interpretation, because I do think that the the example that you just read there, Russ, is an example of, of legalism. It's an example of creating a rule where the word of God does not. Mm-hmm. And the, now, in their defense, they will say that that First Corinthians eleven does establish this because it says when you come together. Throughout well, the text, and so I, they from that make the sure, case of sure you come I, together every week, therefore every week you have communion. Yeah, right. I would think that I think that you you look at those scriptures, and I do think that, that um, you know scripture lends itself to uh, speaking of a a more frequent uh, use of the Lord's Supper, and there are in fact um, you know we recognize there's other places like uh, Acts twenty seven where it talks about they came together. And one of the things that they came together was for this breaking of bread, and on the first day of the week, which we recognize as Sunday. So, there, I would say that the the argument actually tends toward a more frequent and even weekly communion. Um, but I don't think that we need to be legalistic about it. And right. I think there's reasons, w- and we, we can explore that even further. But I think it does tend that direction. Yeah, I think. Um, it's important to recognize in biblical interpretation that the teaching of the early church is binding on us. The, the early church expressed in Scripture. I don't mean everything that was taught in the early church, but the early, teaching of the early church that's expressed in Scripture, that's binding on us. The practice of the early church is not. Now, perhaps we can say more about that in a future program. Right? Yeah. We'll end right there because we we will definitely pick this up tomorrow. So Mm -hmm. we're glad you're listening to the Gospel for Life. If you have missed any of our podcasts, just go to ReformationVoice.com or subscribe to us on your whatever podcast catcher that you get. Uh, Just type in the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time. 